0: Hey, what's going on, you guys? It's Adam, and welcome to another episode of the Adam Letica Coaching Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to find your passion. It's a question that I know I get asked a lot. I've asked this question a lot. You might be thinking, what the hell am I doing with my life right now? How do I find my passion? So if so, this is a timely episode. Um, I'm going to share with you guys some of the places I think people get wrong and what that roadmap looks like from my standpoint, on how you go about finding your passion so stay tuned if you guys are new here my name is adam i'm a coach a speaker a founder of luminize.me which is a training platform to help people go from theory to practice implement the things that they know they need to do to get to the place they want to be and empower them to actualize their full potential if that's of interest to you check out luminize.me um, a little bit of what i do in this podcast is bring some of those tools and tactics and roadmaps to the masses and so that's what we're going to talk about today I'm excited to be here with you guys. Let's go ahead and dive in. One of the first places I think we should start is Is it valid, you know, to say why to, to go find my passion? Right? Um, should you be thinking along that line? Because I think we've fetishized finding your passion, and that seems to be the most important thing that people always talk about go find your passion. Right? If you go to any commencement speaker today, people say find your passion. And so, when you take a look at the numbers, right, people who end up finding quote-unquote their passion or doing something that they really enjoy end up being happier, healthier, having better relationships, feeling more fulfilled, better income than people who um, are kind of working jobs that they don't really enjoy, right? 81% of the U.S. or maybe it's the global population are disengaged at work every single day. Can you imagine going 50, 60 years of your life disengaged at the workplace only to come out on the other side at 65 or 70 and then enjoy what little time you have left? It sounds like an absolute nightmare. So, When you take a look at the data there, um, it it is indeed the case that you should find something that you enjoy. You should find something that you're passionate about. It will make your life better. So in the question of, are we putting people on the right foot by saying, go find your passion? I think the overwhelming answer is yes. Now, where I think people get things wrong is in the avenues that we explore to find our passions. And so um, when we're talking about how to find your passion, I was reading Angela Duckworth's book, Grit, and I think she lays a really, really awesome framework about how we should go about doing this. And this is how I advise people to kind of find and unlock their passion themselves. Um, She lays out four psychological assets that we need to cultivate. First and foremost is interest. Second is practice. Third is purpose. And then four is hope. And I'll go in and define each one of those things. But at a high level, interest is what do you like, right? What are the things that get you fired up how do you find those things? Two is purpose. What's the reason that, or two is practice. You can't get better. You can't enjoy something until you get better at it, right? Nobody likes things that they're terrible at. So practice makes you better. Deliberate practice is what we'll find out. We'll talk more about that. Three is purpose, right? If you don't have a big why for something, it's hard to use that. It's hard to pursue that in the longitudinal way that lasts over years, decades, your lifetime, right? So you need to have a big, powerful why to keep you going, especially when things get tough. And then four is hope. Hope is really um, optimism, right? People think hope is naive, kind of blindly going towards something, but hope is actually estimating the roadblocks and staying optimistic along the way. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But if you have those four psychological assets, you are on your way to cultivating a passion and persevering for the long haul. Um, something worth mentioning, I think, on the forefront is that what 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 passion is. Passion is not a stroke of insight, right? It's not a lightning bolt that hits you and you say, God, this is the best thing ever. I'm going to go and pursue this one day. Um, it's actually much more of a slow burn. It's something that happens and trickles in over time and continues to grow the more you invest in it. One of the biggest places we've got wrong is that we've led people to believe that you go to college degree, you're going to have a career in whatever you get your college degree in, or maybe you're just out of business school, you have your first big break or insight, and that's the thing that you're going to be passionate about for the rest of your life. Turns out what you liked in eighth grade is probably not going to be the thing that gets you fired up later down the road. And so what we really need to understand is that passion is something that we cultivate along the way, um, and it takes time, right? Passion is something that we... Deliberately put time into and grows with us as we move throughout time. It's not a stroke of insight. So, I think that's an important distinction to make where people get it wrong, right? People expect passion to be easy, intrinsic. Um, we're supposed to be naturals at things that we're passionate about, but that's not the case. Passion is a culmination of finding something that you're interested in and then growing your skill set over time and using that deliberate practice in pursuit of something bigger than yourself uh, that makes you feel worthwhile. So, Back to the psychological assets. If you're starting from scratch and you're saying, hey, how do I cultivate my passion? Here is the roadmap. First and foremost, cultivate interest, right? Gary Vee talks a lot about this where he says, you gotta try the buffet of life, right? You gotta see what's out there. You gotta eat some stuff, try some stuff, get your nose in a couple things. And so I think what we do a bad job at is being open to the idea that you're gonna fail struggle for a little bit in pursuit of finding something you're interested in. And what that interest looks like is trying a bunch of different things. Turns out the first thing you try is not going to be the thing you fall in love with. I was working with a guy, um, one of my clients, he is a previous um, NFL player, now transitioning in his career, and he got his first job, and he's basically busting his head open, trying to get good at this thing, Um, and it's the first job he's ever had. And I'm not saying that's the wrong way to go about it, but a lot of our conversation stems around, have you tried something else? Is it worth trying to fit yourself into a box, the first job you've had Outside of your career in the NFL? And is this the right thing that you should be pursuing? As a young guy, um, should you be trying other things, right? So we need to try the buffet of life. We need to get our noses wet in a couple of different areas to figure out what it is we do and don't like. And the whole point of building the psychological asset of interest is figuring out what makes sense, what we like, what we don't like, to see what path we should continue to invest in. Um, Who who is it? God, who's the guy that wrote Good to Great? Jim Collins, right? He says, fire bullets before you fire cannons right? Cannon is a big investment. It takes a lot of gunpowder, uh, gun um, you know, it's going to put a big hole in something, but you can't shoot a bunch of them. You get one try. And so the better pursuit is to shoot some bullets in a bunch of different directions to see what you like. And then you can bring in the heavy artillery to figure out what it is in your life that you want to pursue. So that's the first psychological asset. The second psychological asset that you need to cultivate then, once you've found an interest is practice. Um, and not only practice, deliberate practice. Why is practice important? Well, if you're not good at anything, you're probably not going to pursue it, right? If you suck at something, it's probably not going to be very much fun to show up every single day, especially when it gets hard, right? When things get hard, uh, it's going to be easy to bow out because, you know, you're not very good at something. You're not seeing the results that you want. So practice is super important because what happens is you turn that into a self-fulfilling prophecy that makes you want to try harder and harder. And the harder you try, the better you get. For example, let's say you are a door-to-door salesman, right? You go up and you don't think you're very good at it. Your confidence isn't very high. You go to the door, you knock on the door and you tell them, hey, you know, do you want one of these things? You say, they say no. You pack up your shit, you go home and you're like, God, I suck at sales, right? You're not getting very good results. You're in a bad mindset. You go to approach it the next day. And how do you think you're feeling? You're probably feeling worse than you before. And so you put in less effort, less effort gets you less results, less results, uh, puts you even more of a slum from a confidence standpoint and you get worse and worse and worse until you quit. Now on the opposite spectrum, you have really great beliefs, right? You feel really, really confident about something. You're really, really interested in this thing. You take tons of action. You get great results. That reinforces your confidence. You get better and better and better. until finally, you're so um, dedicated to this thing because of the great results that you're getting that your interest grows more and more because you're getting better and better. That's the beauty of practice, Now, it's not just blind practice, right? You can't just show up on a bunch of doors and hope you get better. That'll happen in the beginning, right? Um, In the beginning, you'll have massive, massive gains, but then you'll hit a plateau. And what happens is deliberate practice. You need to have a deliberate practice on certain skill sets that will end up getting you better than anybody in the field. And that's what sets you apart. Malcolm Malcolm Gladwell talked about the 10,000 hour rule when he studied great people. Um, When we think about people like Mihai Ching Setmihai, who wrote Flow, when we think of Anders Ericsson, who wrote Peak, uh, Anders Ericsson, who wrote Peak, um, what they all found in common was that it wasn't enough just to show up. You need to put deliberate practice in something in order to get better at it. And so, deliberate practice is just the art of picking something really minute, something really intentional, setting a goal around it, and then becoming actionable towards that thing. So, for me in my practice, something I've really worked on is my speaking. Right, I went to Toastmasters. I work on my enunciation. I work on making my voice more. Um, I don't know, sometimes I just go deep and try and get really wisdomful, right? I look at people like Tony Robbins and people who are great speakers, they cultivate their voice in a really powerful way. And so for me, that's something I've spent a lot of time on. For you, maybe it's your coding skills, maybe it's your specific style of art, whatever it is, put deliberate practice into something that way you get better at it, you get more confidence, better results, and you want to do more and more of it the third psychological asset that we really need to cultivate is going to be purpose, right? And we're going to come back to purpose when we talk about setting up a hierarchy of goals, but purpose is really, really important because what we find is that things that sustain, people that sustain have a mission bigger than themselves that allows them to stay focused on whatever it is that they're doing when things get hard versus people who are just completely self-focused, right? It's more or less that, idea that you need a big Y to overcome whatever opposition you're going to face on the road to becoming great. Um, cultivating a passion is difficult. And if you're not doing it for something bigger than yourself, um, the chances of you succeeding are very, very low. When you think about an individualistic passion or, or mindset, you're only going to go as far as it it affects you right like let's say you're just trying to make more money than everybody right well eventually that's a game that you end up saying i can never be the most rich right so it's it's a finite game when it's individualistic it's a finite game when it's about something bigger than yourself you show up every single day because you know people are counting on you to show up and that makes it worthwhile right it's not so much as finding a means to an end it's a means within itself to show up and play the game well when it's something bigger than yourself, when it's about your community, your partner, your family, um, you know, whoever it might be, the, the people that you are working for, working with, or you're employing. Having a big why, a big juicy reason to show up every single day is what's going to help you show up and do the practice when things are not exciting, when things are really, really difficult. So that's a really, really important asset. So I really encourage people to figure out what their why is, and we'll come back to that. Lastly, the fourth psychological asset is hope. So hope in essence is not the naive, the naive, what would we call it? Idealistic way of looking at things that everything's going to be okay, right? It's not blindly following and hoping everything's going to be okay. Hope is actually your ability to stay optimistic and properly forecast obstacles that come in your way uh, in order to properly maneuver them, right? When we talk about, self-control or willpower this is a little bit off topic but what makes somebody have a higher ability of self-control or willpower be able to grow that in them is their ability to forecast the places that they're going to slip up and then mentally rehearse what they're going to do in the situations where um, they know their temptation is going to be weak in the same sense what makes somebody successful over the long haul because remember passion is not a stroke of insight it's a longitudinal game that we're playing that we end up building a passion over The people who last and build passions are the people who are able to properly forecast missteps, obstacles, that are going to trip them up and build in a plan that's going to allow them to overcome those things. So when we talk about hope, it's an optimistic path forward while realistically acknowledging the things that could get in our way. And if you have interest, if you have, um, practice, if you have purpose, But you're not able to properly forecast a changing market, the economy, the demand for your product, um, you know, whatever it might be that might trip you up, whatever it is in life that you're after, um, you're going to be disappointed and you might not be successful. And so that is why this one is so key is properly setting an optimistic expectation and creating a game plan for the obstacles that come up along the way. So those are the four psychological assets when it comes down to passion. If I was educating somebody or coaching somebody on this topic, I would tell them, hey, you got to try the buffet of life. Let's get some interest going. You got to practice. Once you find that thing, how are you going to go deep and start practicing it? Um, Third, why are you doing this thing? What is the mission that you're trying to connect this to? Why is this thing important? And then lastly, how can we maintain an optimistic mindset while thinking about the things that might trip us up? I think that's a really, really logical, rational way of going about finding those things. Now, the last thing I want to touch on is building that purpose. I think purpose is probably the most important thing. You want to start with the end in mind. For, for me, having a strong why or reason for doing things has been the only thing that has kept me getting up in the morning every single day and following the passion. And so when you think about this concept of building a purpose, there's different layers or tiers of purpose or goals. Okay, There's the ultimate goal. This is the highest level goal. There's middle-level goals and then there's low-level goals. The highest goal, the highest purpose, the big why for you is a means within itself. Doing that thing is enough. You don't need a why to do that thing. It's it's a big enough reason enough to just have it be a means within itself, right? Maybe that is to um, serve your fellow human beings at the highest level. Maybe that's serving your community. Maybe that's being the best father you can be, right? Whatever that might be. The highest level goal is the number one impact you wanna have. And then below that, you have middle and low level goals that basically are means to an end to help filter up to the highest level goal. Now, a couple of issues that people have in this sense, some people just have a high level goal. They say, I want to empower people to become their best selves, right? But they don't have medium and low level goals to help them get there. So they're kind of pie in the sky, visionary thinkers who don't ever really put theory to action and get started on that path that's not a place we want to be. You see a lot of these people who are visionaries who jump from thing to thing to thing, but they never get anything done. They have all these pie in the sky ideas, but they never follow through, right? So that's a deficit of not having medium or low level goals. There's also people who have medium and low level goals who are just focused on the mundane things without really tying it to a higher purpose. They kind of just show up every single day, do the tasks that they're supposed to do, but they never end up getting anywhere because it's not in pursuit of something bigger, right? They're not working towards a goal that's making them feel fulfilled or finding that thing. Those are the people that you see get burned out in investment banking, right? Because there's no high level thing that they're working towards. Those are the people who get stuck in finance jobs that do the tasks, but don't feel fulfilled in their work because they don't have that high level goal. So the whole point here is to basically create a roadmap of lower and middle level goals that filter up to a high level goal, right? Whatever that ultimate purpose is for you. And for us, what we need to think about is what that purpose is, as a means within itself. Something that you are striving towards every single day. It's a, it's, it's not a distant shore. It's something that you know you're never going to reach, but you still pursue it anyways, right? It's a constant battle. It's a constant goal that we're showing up for every single day. We're never exonerated, right? You show up day in and day out. It's something that you're always striving for. And so what is that thing that's juicy enough to get you amped up that makes you want to go to it every single day? That's what we need to be thinking about when we find that higher level purpose. And to me, that's probably the most important thing when it comes to finding our passion. You should start by finding a purpose, something that you wanna fulfill, who you wanna be. Um, And for me, really that purpose is becoming my highest self, the best I could possibly be by shifting from theory to practice, putting my virtues into action and becoming the best possible person I can be. So at the end of the day, I know that I left it all in the field and the people that I was able to impact by becoming my highest self, was enough within itself for me. For you, I'm not sure what that looks like, but it's it's thinking about what that highest purpose is. So I think that's probably the best place to start. And then when you think about what that purpose is, it's gonna help get, guide your interests. It's gonna help guide the things you do via practice. And it's gonna help you stay hopeful in the face of obstacles that are gonna keep you tripped up. So um, that's my 10 minute soundbite on finding your passion. I hope you guys found this um, impactful, helpful. Um, please let me know what questions you guys have about things that you need to do to implement this, what you guys liked about this episode. I'm open for feedback. Um, Yeah. And I'll see you guys on the next episode.